1: Welcome back to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is Ben Batson, and with me is...
0: Shazam!
1: Captain <laughs>
0: Andrew Jr., everybody.
1: Indeed. And uh, we're going to continue this year's coverage into superheroes who wear red while also wearing yellow lightning bolts on their chests, but this time it's Shazam again. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> so... They kind to have
0: called that out in the comics.
1: By the way. Uh, it
0: must, must have been a thing at some point. Yeah.
1: Should've been Flash and uh Captain Marvel just pointing at each other at one point. Uh so they should you do act
0: that. like a kid, but I actually am a kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh we promised this last time. Last last week we covered the Shazam movie. This time we're covering the unmade Shazam script, written by one of the writers considered to be one of the greatest screenwriters of all time, and that is William Goldman. For those unfamiliar, Goldman's credits include All the President's Men, The Princess Bride, based off of his novel, and uh, adapting one of the great Stephen King adaptations, Misery. Cujo. (laughs) Cujo. I don't think he did that one.
0: He adapted it in a fucking pool of cocaine. (laughs) No, but this guy is a real auteur. Yeah. A real scribe. Amazing
1: that he got to be on this. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh so this draft was written September 15th, 2003. So way way back. Uh 20 go- years ago.
0: Everybody <laughs> oh, our God. age by the way. <laughs> no like feels the same sort of feeling, but 2003 feels like 6 years ago maybe. Mhm. Not 20.
1: Yeah. You're you're right. I forgot about I didn't even realize that until you just said that in the preparation D- for this. We, 20 years ago he wrote this.
0: We all have this like delu- delusion. Mhm. That it wasn't that long ago. Like for all of us, the 2000s and the two part most of the 2010s were like a, the loss period.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you end up meeting somebody who was like born in the 2000s. And you're like, wait, that can't be possible. You're way too, wait a minute.
0: Yeah, you're <laughs> you 20. Think. Oh, God. Kill me now.
1: <laughs> so 20 years ago, uh, William Goldman wrote this script. It uh, was brought on thanks to producer Michael Uslin, one of our special guests. Uh, and so Uslin was one of the original producers on Shazam. He was not involved in the in the current one. however, he says that he's still proud to have been you know a part of bringing Shazam to life so uh he described Goldman's script, however, as the greatest script for the character ever written, and wow. we're going to see if that matches up to the hype now it compares to the movie that we did get in 20, uh, 2019.
0: I would so. ask you at this point what year you thought think of that, but maybe that should be like a uh, held off because of spoilers
1: in terms of what if like, i agree your
0: overall thoughts of uh the script
1: ah okay I, i'd Is say like it... that goes a little bit into spoiler territory okay all right let's get, I, I also continue. want i don't want to taint the viewer's opinion yet uh, yeah, yeah so let's go into the william goldman shazam script 2020 years ago jesus okay so (laughs) we open in a prison where we build up tension where a warden and several guards go through a door into a corridor through another door into a corridor through another door whoever they're visiting is under high high security and they end up in an isolated cell at the end belonging to dr thaddeus bodog Savada, one of the major Mm -hmm. supervillains in in shazam lore The main villain of the Shazam movie and also the main villain of this script. Uh, Twist, though. Goldman starts out where Savannah is dead. Plot twist. So a cockroach literally comes out of his mouth. (laughs) What? And uh, a prison doctor brings up that Savannah uh, is dead and most likely died in pain, which is evidence, according to the prison doctor, that, quote, there is a god.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this is starting off hard, man.
1: Yeah, I know. To be fair, so did the the first movie, right? Because yeah, I remember we, we saw that in the theater and like the first five minutes, it's like, are we in the right one? Because it it's so foreboding and dark. Right. Uh, but uh, the prison warden, however, does not believe that Savannah is actually dead and jumps on top of Savannah's corpse and tries to strangle him. <laughs> and it's convinced that he is faking it. So that really sets up like this is a, very, very cutting villain. Is he actually dead? We'll see. So Mm. uh, we then cut, we change the pace, we change the tone to Billy Batson, meeting Billy Batson for the first time. He is much, much younger here than the the Billy Batson we got from Asher Angel in the 2019 movie. He is 11 years old in this script. Uh, And he is currently at the Gates Orphanage in New York City. Uh, So this is a bit of a change because in the classic comics, The Shazam comics took place in Fawcett City, as in, you know, Fawcett Comics, which is where it was originally published. Uh, And in the, I think, in the New 52 update and the Shazam movie, it takes place in Philly. Here, though, it's just New York City. Uh, And so we start off, Billy is, as usual, an orphan who's kind of about to go through the foster care system. And he's being interviewed by by potential foster parents who want to know what his talent is, because he talks about having a talent. And Billy reveals that his talent is being the greatest belcher in the world.
0: Okay. Starting <gasps> off with some kid yes. humor. <laughs> so, I forgot you he, he could do that.
1: He, yes. So he proceeds to alternate between burping, swearing, and making fart noises with his mouth. Because Billy is trying not to get adopted. Because he wants to stay at this orphanage. Because at the orphanage is his best friend, Jenny, who's a 15-year-old girl. And an original character in this script created by Goldman. Uh, however, pictured here is kind of a similar character in the comics who's Billy's girlfriend, Sissy Summerlee. So uh, okay. that's who we have from the visuals from Dan here. But uh, in the script, it's Jenny. Jenny is the one who actually, when she was younger, found the young baby Billy Batson in front of the orphanage. She found his body. She saved his life during a blizzard. And she helped take him inside. So these two have been sort of bonded For life, and they also have a crush on each other, but they won't really say it yet. Um, And she's a little older than him, so remember, he's 11, she's 15 in
0: this version. Oh my god, okay,
1: so very, very young crush
0: on an older chick,
1: (laughs) yes. Uh, The head of the orphanage,
0: and the wizard's like, Your balls will soon (laughs) drop, Billy.
1: (laughs) That'll be in our rewrite of this one. (laughs) You can be the wizard.
0: (laughs) Wasn't I here for some magic shit? (laughs) Oh, yes. That is magic. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Not the magic magic of of a human
0: body, but also this power I'm going to
1: give you. Mm -hmm. So the head of the the orphanage is a billionaire named Augustus Gates, another original character. Named Bruce Kane. This, uh, yeah, this, this is a guy who runs the orphanage, and he's kind of like a background character until later, but uh, he wants to take all the orphans on a field trip, and so Billy and Jenny go on it, but during the field trip at, at the, uh, I think it's the museum, Billy meets a mysterious man who seems to know everything about him and his life, including, you know, what Billy really wanted for breakfast, and so... Uh, he takes Billy down to a train station. Again, if we don't know what's about to happen, this fe- seems really sketchy. But yeah, <laughs> takes this, <him> <laughs>
0: this is a hell of a start, man.
1: <laughs> he takes him down to a train station, which leads him to the Rock of Eternity, where Billy meets the wizard, Shazam. Now, they never really explain who the guy was who brought Billy down, because it's established it's not the wizard himself in a disguise. It's some other dude who works for the wizard. But they never really explain who it is. So... uh i don't know if there's a comic counterpart to who that's supposed to be where there's like another servant to the wizard it could have been you know in the 1970s there was a tv show for shazam and there was a guy named mentor uh who was who could have maybe that was their dig at mentor where uh or not at mentor where it's like a guy who's kind of human but isn't like the the wizard but uh maybe i don't know but Billy meets the Wizard, as we see here in the classic comics, and uh, Wizard has an inscription revealing what his name stands for. S is for Solomon, for wisdom. H is for Hercules, for strength. A is for Atlas, for stamina. Z is Zeus, for power. A is for Achilles, for courage. M is for Mercury, for speed. Again, he also has super speed with with the red outfit and the lightning bolt on his chest. But so, you know
0: what? Apparently not super hearing if we go by the Shazam movie because he's like, indeed, I can't yeah. hear you at the end of, the, <laughs> of yes. the, in, the last movie.
1: Yeah, that's true. And he doesn't have the X-ray vision and and, and some of the other Superman powers. Right. Uh, stuff. So uh, another aspect from the classic comics that we did not see in the movie is that uh, the wizard has this giant rock dangling over his head uh, that's like being held by this thread and is like, basically an indication that the wizard has a short time here in this plane of existence. Oh. And so that's why he's trying to pass his powers on to someone else before, you know, the, the giant rock falls on him. Though Of course, there's always jokes about, like, we could just, you know, move you and <laughs> stuff. <It's tough. laughs> but uh, the wizard has Billy say the magic word, Shazam! But we do not see him transform yet. We just see a storm brew, and we cut to Billy later, waking up and wondering if it was all a dream. So they're clearly... Goldman is saving the reveal for now.
0: This happens in like the first five minutes of the movie. It feels it's like.
1: It's very, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it cuts to the meeting with the wizard a lot sooner than we got in the movie that we got, which is okay. cool. You know? Yeah. Let's it's, get it's right cool. to it. Uh, so Billy shares what happened to his friend, Jenny again, like there's no secret identity type of thing from, that he's trying to keep from the love interest. He just out and out tells her. So this wizard guy <laughs> got brought down to the train station. This wizard guy <laughs> gave me stuff. Cause again, he's like 11. Uh, And Jenny brings up that she hates Billy's catchphrase, holy moly, which is his catchphrase in the comics. They nod to that as well in the Shazam movie. Um, She doesn't like holy moly because she finds it, quote unquote, disgustingly retro. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And so Billy decides he wants to prove whether or not it was a dream. So he says the name Shazam and turns into Captain Marvel for the very first time. And when Jenny sees him, her mouth drops open and she says, holy moly. (laughs) So <laughs> that is Goldman making you think that he's shooting on the original catchphrase and then restoring it, which I thought yeah, that's was cool. cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, now, for those who don't know or might be confused about this whole Marvel thing, Captain Marvel was the name of the, su- you know, the superhero persona for Billy when he said the word Shazam. This was before Marvel Comics, before they had their own Captain Marvel. And needless to say, I think Marvel ended up winning out because now Captain Marvel is Brie Larson. <laughs> No, it's it's a different it's a completely different character
0: honestly dude i didn't grow up with captain marvel really mm-hmm. and like i just think shazam is a better name it's only one word it's it's his word of course he can't say his own name without changing but yeah, i think that's the it's only fine it, it happened in mm-hmm. new 52 right or no
1: yeah new 52 solidified it because even like post-crisis they were calling him you know they were calling him captain marvel but you know, it, I think they had the right idea when they when they said, hey, we can't use Captain Marvel anymore to keep with Shazam because it's just like – there's nothing more confusing. Like, can I pick up a Shazam comic? Is Shazam the name of the superhero? No. <laughs> then why is it called Shazam? Oh, it's
0: also like you have a character with Marvel in the title and you're DC. You know, yeah, it's just, it gets confusing. It's, it's just like bad all around. Like, they made the right decision ultimately. I know there's a lot of precedent for him to be Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel Jr., Captain Marvel family, I get it. It's all there, but time Mm -hmm. to, you know. That was one thing that I guess needed to be updated because Marvel's just winning that one.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we'll keep calling him Captain Marvel because that's who he is in the script. Yeah. And uh, the going off of the original comics where that's what he was called. So kind of like what we got in the movie, we do have Billy experimenting and playing of his powers now that he's Captain Marvel. But we have a few major differences. Uh, the first one is that it's kind of implied he's not fully transformed into a man because originally he starts off with the body of Captain Marvel, but he has the voice of Billy Batson. And so uh, Billy has to... weird. Yeah, he has to put on and change his voice and then I think, you know, they probably... What they would have done was have the kid actor dub over the guy for the, for the first minute or so until he changes the voice and then the guy uses his regular voice in the role as Captain okay. Marvel. Um, the other thing that makes this... Here's where here's where we get a hell of a lot of stuff to comment on. Uh, so Jenny sees this 11 year old boy is now an adult, strapping man, and here we go. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and since she, there's already kind of an unrequited romance going on, and she's 15, Goldman decides to take it further with a description that uh, I'm actually going to have you read. Uh oh, <laughs> stuff no. because it is. It is amazing in terms of how he just basically is just like, no, there's no subtext here. Or oh, maybe in the visuals, but I am putting it as text in the script. So here Verbatim. we go. Okay, yes. here we go.
0: As her fingers touch his arm, sex suddenly puts in an appearance on the scene. And oh my God, you can see it in her enormous eyes. She's 15, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she's thinking man. about this
1: for an 11-year-old, but he's an 11-year-old in a 25-year-old's body, so, like, you can kind of understand, because 15-year-old girls would have, like, sexual crushes and fantasies about, you know, older men and stuff, but it, it's, I don't know, it's weird, because you know he's an 11-year-old boy, <laughs> so... I know, I mean, she just touches his bicep, it's
0: what it looks like, yeah, which I guess like it, is it, fine, but... It, And she's also a minor, where she
1: actually sleeps with him. Yeah, like there's no actual sex. It's just like Goldman really takes the time to tell you, like she has sexual fantasies about Billy in the state.
0: She's she's liking him. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) So kind
0: of skirting the line here, but all right.
1: This is why in the Shazam movie we got it was a dude (laughs) who who was helping him out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. It was Freddy. So. Uh, that we didn't have that stuff here. But now that it's, you know, his love interest, who sort of knows this, we kind of get into weird territory. But um, also along those same lines, there's another scene where she's up for adoption and she doesn't want to leave the orphanage. So she deliberately tries to uh, dress in revealing outfits and deliberately try to seduce the dad in order to get the mom to refuse adoption. So... Again, this? like Leon the Shazam professional, or what is it? <laughs> that's what it seems like. But oh, uh, yeah, again, dude. like we got to also keep in mind that most likely this would have been like a 20 something year old playing a 15 year old anyway. So, it's... Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, I guess you know, man, yeah, I'm now thinking, have <laughs> you ever seen the French cut for uh Leon? Yeah, mm hmm. I know. Man, where you're they do they yeah. make some make some choices that we would have never made. And, over and she's like twelve, right? Yeah, she's like getting she's drunk not a twenty
1: shit. year old playing a, a minor. She is really clearly a minor in that. So,
0: well, anyway, anyway. moving on, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so it's the perfect time to cut back to the villains, where uh, or the dead villain. As the warden and scientists are trying to run several tests on Doctor Savannah's corpse to prove once and for all that he is dead. And they just can't find any other evidence outside of the fact that he's he's definitely dead. There's no pulse. There's nothing. You know? Are you sure that he could have faked it? But the warden is just convinced that he he's faked it. But he has no choice to turn over Savannah's body.
0: I just love eating cockroaches. <laughs> 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 Jokes on you.
1: <laughs> he's evil. Yes, yeah, evil. Uh, but he has to turn over Savannah's body to his children now savannah's family was not in the 2019 movie but in the comics he had kids two of them are in the script and that's Butea and magnificus who as you can see here are <laughs> obviously the opposite of him in physical appearance
0: oh my god these aren't these aren't as oh did he do like genetic experiments to have the perfect kids or something Is that you know i don't
1: know that much about <laughs> about their origins i think maybe there's uh, there's definitely something because he has two other kids who basically look like kid versions of him and those are also the ones in the Brave <laughs> and the bald, Bold
0: cartoon. <laughs> they're bald too, like two little Charlie Browns walking around.
1: No, they, they, they have hair, but it's like it's a girl <laughs> with like pigtails, but it's with a Savannah face. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's un- unfortunate. <laughs> she got the short end of the stick compared to Butia. But yeah. <laughs> Beautia. Yeah, oh, Butia and God. Magnificus are supposed to be like the peak of like human you know, what they supposed to... Because Butia is just, like, she looks like a model, but she's got, like, the brains of, like, the genius scientist, and Magnificus is, like, the, like... He's got, like, the greatest body in the world. Like, it's supposed to be, like, the peak of genetic enhancement, I think. Uh, okay. But they show up, they appear to mourn Savannah, and they take his corpse back to their house, and Magnificus is working out as Butia examines her father's body and ends up putting a spoonful of a mysterious substance in his mouth, which, of course... Brings him back to life. Savannah lives. Shocker, of course, and he's the main villain. Um, it's kind of established with the fi- family dynamic that Savannah doesn't really think much of Butea. He his favorite is Magnificus, and so uh, he doesn't even thank Butia for resurrecting him, and instead he gives a special concoction, a special formula to Magnificus to give him super strength, so that uh, you know the greatest mind of the world can be given the greatest bodyguard in the world. That type of dynamic. Okay. So uh, a very different savanna than we got in the uh, 2019 movie where he's kind of like, you know, fuck family. He doesn't say that, but that's kind of his attitude. uh, (laughs) I hate Van Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) Uh, Billy and Jenny are still messing around trying to figure out the extent of his powers. It's not quite the same sort of montage that we got in the 2019 movie where he you know they're formally testing every power, but it's more of like, what can you do? Can you lift this rock over your head? You know, can he fly? That stuff. And uh, he ends up wearing an overcoat uh, that they took from the orphanage owner, Mr. Gates, again, the billionaire dude, uh, just to make him look not so conspicuous, which as we see here is exactly what we got in the curse of Shazam comic and in the movie. Uh, so that did carry over into the final film. Uh, they find that they want to buy ice cream in comics, but they don't have any money. So Captain Marvel makes them money by playing speed chess with a bunch of chess hustlers in the park. And um, <laughs> they end up getting ice cream. Uh, he plays baseball with a bunch of college kids where he uses his powers to catch the ball and stop it from, becoming, from getting to be a home run and stuff. Shocking everybody in the audience. Um, and then... <laughs> taking advantage of the fact that he's an adult, this is a similar aspect in the final movie where uh, he goes into the strip club. Uh, Billy goes in to watch a dirty foreign film in the theater since he can go in as an adult. And then he comes out (laughs) telling Jenny that it was disgusting, but the main actress, quote, unquote, had great boobs. So, you know, still clearly clearly an 11-year-old in an (laughs) adult spot. Oh,
0: man, Okay.
1: Since he's a superhero, he decides to use his powers to fight crime. He's got all these powers. He might as well. And so they deliberately go off to a rough neighborhood where they see a boy on crutches who seems to be in trouble with some tough-looking kids. And they go in to rescue him. And it seems very deliberately that Goldman here is teasing that this could be, you know, Freddie Freeman, the future Captain Marvel Jr. It's not, though. (laughs) It turns out that's actually a guy who's the leader of the gang. The crutches are not real. And they're trying to steal video equipment, and they just walked in in the middle of a heist. So they take Billy and, and Jenny hostage, and Billy tries to tell them, like, hey, if you just let us go return the stuff, I won't hurt you. And so right. the red herring, you know, the fake Freddie Freeman kind of laughs it off and then slaps Jenny and asks, what have you got to say about that? And Billy says, Shazam, you bastards, <laughs> which I laughed <laughs> Because again, it's going to be an 11 year old saying this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's, it's in the spirit of like goonies and, and you know, like that type of stuff. Uh, yeah. So, like, I could see that. Uh, Captain Marvel arrives, kicks their asses, and the leader of the gang sees his get up and asks if he's from the circus or something. Uh, and this is a cool line I'm going to have you read as Captain Marvel here. Oh, man. Uh, a lot of so lines. Yeah. <clears throat> so, right. the guy's like, What are you from the circus or something? I am from the circus. And you know what
0: I do there? I juggle, and some people juggle balls, and some juggle sticks. Me, I juggle punks. <laughs> Pieces of shit like you for breakfast.
1: <laughs> so Captain Marvel juggles the three kids, literally, and <laughs> so they're flying up in midair, screaming until they. Beg Honestly, him.
0: bro, that would be <laughs> awesome. This, is, I know, this right? is a cool scene, actually. It yeah. is.
1: It's great. <clears throat> like it's, it is, it's the same reason why it was cool in the you know, the Jeff Johns run and the movie, where like the, one of the first things he does is destroy the truck to get back at the bullies because it's like that's what a kid would do is like he would use his powers to get revenge on the people who pick on him. So like, it, it totally works, and it's relatable. You, you root for him because you've had that same fantasy, so it's like that wish fulfillment. That's what makes. You know, this character special is literally, you know, being a kid who can have the powers that you would fantasize about in a superhero. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's great. I think. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Though, so afterwards, uh, the police arrive, prompting him to flee with Jenny because they don't really appreciate that this random guy in red and yellow and white is is there with all these kids claiming that he beat them up. So uh, Captain Marvel's like, that's my cue to leave. And he takes off with Jenny. Uh, and we now have a flying sequence with Captain Marvel and Jenny, uh, and Captain Marvel is worried about screwing up his responsibilities now. He's he's just a kid. He's got all these powers, and he's like, what if I say Shazam and nothing happens? And lo and behold, he just said Shazam. So he turns into Billy Batson in midair.
0: Oh, that's kind of good, though. Falling. Good mid-, yeah. mid scene, actually. So it's a kid and her falling. Yeah. And Okay, I feel like I know what's going to happen next, but go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, so Billy can turn back into Captain Marvel by saying Shazam, but he is not fast enough to catch Jenny yet. I'm not sure why. He's got the speed of Mercury. Uh, But she falls towards, like, the pointed rocks below because now we've got Goldman, like, raising the tension and just being like, she's going to die with the pointed rocks below.
0: Of course there's (laughs) rocks right there. She could just fall (laughs) in the street. It'd be bad enough.
1: (laughs) It can't just be a body of water. It's got to be the Jaguar. Spikes.
0: The Mortal Kombat pit (laughs) is right there.
1: Yeah. And Goldman goes into how, like, in slow motion. We see, like, her beautiful skin is about to be pierced by the rocks. It's cut into her skin. And then finally, she just mysteriously starts being able to rise up and back away from it. She's being levitated because Captain Marvel has not caught her. He's used—this is going to be controversial for Suzanne fans— he's used Super Breath to inhale the air. He's basically breathing in the air to raise her back up. And I'm saying this controversial because Super Breath is not among Captain Marvel's powers in the comics right. so Goldman is yeah. adding this in here yeah. and he, also he doesn't use them again in the script so i'm not right. i mean it's a cool but, sequence yeah. but it would have been better if like it, he uses it at the end or something and he disco- he needed her to fall to you know discover that power but that's just not what happens
0: yeah i think this might have been changed in another draft
1: yeah probably um, again, it's probably because I, I don't anticipate Goldman was a huge scholar of Shazam comics before he got this part. So he probably read a few, but then still, like, there's sometimes could be some confusion because, again, he's a flying guy in red with a cape, you know, with, you know, right. slick back black hair that, you know, like, he might occasionally mix it in, like, oh shit, I forgot he doesn't have x ray vision. I forgot he doesn't have heat vision. I forgot he doesn't right. have super breath. What's like, that? again? all these things you associate with Superman. <laughs> He's got to have this other stuff, right? Since he flies and has super strength, but not necessarily. I mean, it's cool enough that he
0: would say Shazam, change into the boy, and then drop her, and then say Shazam, like, oh, holy moly, and then say Shazam again (laughs) Mm -hmm. to go get her all in mid-flight. You don't really need that extra power, really. Yeah. You know, just just change back and fly down faster.
1: That's all that really needed, really. Yeah. Like I, I like the peril of it and the reinforcement that he can't say the word uh, or else he'll turn back. But it, it's, yeah, it, it again, it's good on its own, but it doesn't really add much to it. And I'm sure if it was actually made, certain fans would be like, they gave him an extra power, just like the fucking like cellophane S from Superman 2, where it's just like, what was that one of Superman's powers? Oh, it's, my God. It's weird. I don't know why
0: they did that shit back then. <laughs>
1: Uh, so Billy is shaken up by this, and he tries to give back his powers. He goes back to the wizard, actually, and you know says, like, I'm not the right guy for this, uh, which is relatable. You know, It's a lot to mm-hmm. put on an 11-year-old's shoulders. And the wizard reveals that Billy can't really make that decision yet because, and this is a really cool uh, concept, Billy does not have all of the powers yet. Not all of the gods and, and figures who whose powers he derives it from, not all of them have shown up for him. Only four of them have shown up. He does oh, not wow. have... The power of Zeus yet and he does not have the wisdom of Solomon uh mm. so that which is really cool I didn't think about that uh but it, it does make sense as as part of an origin story where like oh yeah like the the powers will gradually come to you especially like Zeus being like one of the big ones uh, so no
0: no S no Z I'm just ham <laughs> at this point
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, so, yeah, the, basically these powers will come to him when needed, but only then, once he has all of them, can can Billy really decide whether or not he, he wants them. It definitely and doesn't seem cool.
0: like the one in the movie has tapped into that their wisdom of Solomon just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Maybe it's there, but he just doesn't know how to access it, which would be kind of an interesting character arc.
1: That could, yeah, that could play a role in this next one. I mean, to, we're recording this before the movie has come out. The movie's already come yeah. out by the time we release this, so like we don't yeah. know if that's the plot point in that. But it, it would be good to, to have that. I mean, the smartest thing he does in the, the final movie is tricking you know the envy demon from coming out of Savannah, so that Savannah is powerless at that point. Like that's that's him right. using his brains at the end. But right. other than that, um, you know, there's Freddie tricks him into thinking that he turned invisible, and then Freddie's like, "I might have been testing super intelligence as well <laughs> <laughs> during that moment." It's it's a great moment. But yeah, he's they haven't really done much with the sol- the, with the wisdom of Solomon in right. uh, the current version, at least as of this recording. So right. Uh, we'll see, but uh, the wizard Shazam tells Billy to you know, until those powers show up, just have fun with it, <laughs> you know, just be kidding and have fun with it and stuff, and go for and take it for a whirl. Yeah. So Billy decides to uh, follow that advice, the wise advice from uh, the sage wizard. Uh, little does he know, though, that a villain has been resurrected and is going to be crossing paths with him soon. So. Uh, I think now is a quick time to take a quick break. All
0: right, everybody. So this month's uh, charity that we are trying to support here on this year podcast is the Christopher Reeve Foundation. Is that what it's called, Ben? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Full name is the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. But yes, we couldn't be superhero stuff you should know without at least asking people to donate to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation this is the work that reeve was doing in the last years of his life as the real life superman to help find cures for those living with paralysis so you can help them change uh, their lives and the lives of millions at christopherreeve.org also i might add a good reminder that it's reeve and not reeves uh, when you type it in if you type in christopherreeves.org you're not going to find this so it's christopherreeve.org donate what you can and be a superman
0: or superwoman one singular reeve everybody and <laughs> yes. know, we a lot of hero worship from us and everybody that watches and listens to this show and uh it just kind of feels like it's time to put your money where your mouth is kind of a little bit i mean mm-hmm. if you can of course but uh this is uh, a way to be inspired by comics i think personally so mm-hmm. and about from heroes themselves so uh yeah if you could donate that'd be great Wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Guiden. It's about Japanese to English translation. In this first season, it will be 10 episodes each season. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff, you should know you have seen Mike before. So, yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're gonna be talking a lot about just Japan in general. Japanese cultural differences as well and we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as electronic gaming monthly aka EGM so stay tuned for gaming Gaiden podcast it's already out now y'all I wanted to tell you about the patreon.com patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and on that you get the one dollar tier Uh, You can join the $1 tier, which gets you the shout-out on the board, and either visually or aurally, or both at times. Uh, (laughs) We want to do the aural for the most part uh, for newer people. Uh, And then the $5 tier gets you a whole new show. Uh, This show is every Monday, as you well know, and it's free on YouTube and the What's Nots. And... the uh patreon show is every friday at the five dollar tier mark you can if you want binge us for five Mm -hmm. bucks and uh there's like 150 episodes uh, almost 150 at this point and you can uh you know listen to all that content there even the stuff that's been released from the vault none of that has been the full episode as well So Mm. (laughs) trying to keep our uh, $5 tier people happy. (laughs) So, um, Mm. so, but yeah, check that out. And then our $10 tier gets you all of the above plus a, uh, it gets you a monthly meetup show where you meet up with us monthly and it's like a zoom like call and we have a topic at hand or sometimes videos we react to and things like that. And that's at the $10 tier. Um, every tier, that you get like the $5 tier gets you the $1 tier benefits and the $10 tier gets you the $5 tier benefits and the $1 tier benefits. So check that out at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. We also got the merch, which is Redbubble, Superhouse Pod dot and on threadless, superhero stuff pod dot threadless.com. Get your Ben Man and Indeed Wizard mug, shirt, shower, curtains, and all the rest artwork by Stephen Santa Cruz. And please send us some audio at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. A bumper would be great. You too can be part of the show. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives as my other YouTube channel, one of my many YouTube channels. And I have... Uh, Also, ThunderwolfDrew.com has my whole portfolio in one place except for Amanorecon.com. That's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com. And that is uh, an original idea that some friends and I are doing where it is R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. That's the quick pitch. And... It is not a fan film, original idea. We have a pitch video right now on YouTube and on the Indiegogo page. We're campaigning right now as of this, uh, when this episode premieres. And this poster art is by ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com. And check it out. Please support us on the campaign and more from that soon um but yes it's uh, it's bloody and um if you like that kind of thing check us out and that's it ben
1: follow us on social media on twitter at super house pod instagram superhero stuff pod where we have some different supplemental stuff we have i've even analyzed the martial arts stance that the Keaton ornament from the flash is in so you can check that out on our instagram superhero <laughs> stuff pod uh TikTok Superhero Stuff Pod, Vero Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is benwanrider.com where you can read a whole bunch of spec scripts, including Gotham, Vampire, Elementary, The Death of Sherlock Holmes, and Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland, if you're fans of any of those shows, check them out and let us know what you think. My YouTube channel is in the description below, including Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, an audio drama I write, edit, and narrate with the 8th Doctor meeting Miyamoto Masashi. My personal Instagram is benwanrider. If you like cats, my son, Alfie, my cat, he is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. And if you have an Alfie yourself, then you can get the Whisker Box, the only cat box with a crazy cat lady and gent. And you can even check out another page on that website, superherostuffpod.com slash show notes. That includes uh, various show notes for each of our episodes links to the scripts that we review if they're available online. Amazon links to the stuff we've been talking about, including, you know, Brian Levant's book that he plugged for us, My Life and Toys. So check that out at SuperheroStuffPod.com slash show notes.
0: Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all.
1: As you might have heard,
0: I just straight up don't give the fucks.
1: We're back, and so Billy Batson is deciding to have fun as Captain Marvel. So let's get into it. Uh, there's a kind of a cool scene in the comics where Billy has to take a test. It's for grammar, wow. and uh, he's taking the test here, and uh, he's not very good at grammar. So he says Shazam, and this ghost of Captain Marvel shows up to help him with the grammar. What? <laughs>
0: so there. This is in the comics. Yeah. Right? Most obviously so but this, so he put that directly into the into the script.
1: Yeah, it, it does beg the question though. Just like wait, so I thought Captain Marvel was just him as an adult, but like if there's a separate spirit Captain Marvel who also knows the stuff better than he does, then oh, I guess he's channeling the wisdom of Solomon at this point. Maybe
0: maybe this is a yeah, a visual representation of the of him channeling the wisdom. But I feel like the rule should be he doesn't get the wisdom unless he changes into Shazam physically
1: yeah because otherwise i mean it's also convenient in the script because he's just alone in this test taking room anyway so he could have just transformed into into captain marvel and nobody would have noticed
0: yeah i doesn't it feel like especially com- i mean i know the script is from 20 years ago not mm-hmm. 60 but it feels like comics at that time where this panel is from mm-hmm. is like they were probably kind of loose with the powers, like you know how Grant yeah. Morrison w- always talks about uh superman's uh got little Superman that fly out of his fingers, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about,
1: yeah, yeah, like it, it's it's time where the rules were looser, and so like continuity went out the window. I mean, look at you know Stan Lee was called out because sometimes he forgot that it was it, it was Bruce Banner and <laughs> wrote that it was Bob Banner, <laughs> and then when he was called out, he was just like. <laughs> Well, I guess his name is Robert Bruce Banner. There, I fixed it.
0: <laughs> would you look at that, kids? <laughs> Seems like we found a solution.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, this is not a name thing. This is a different, this is a different aspect. But, I, again, it comes from a time where they're just like, eh, you know what would be cool? This visual. Draw it out. And then they put it in there. They weren't really thinking of. Like, I don't think the kids were as hardcore about this to talk about continuity the same way we do now.
0: Not even, I mean, continuity is one thing. The other thing is just like kind of a loose power set. Yeah, that too. Like what, ex- they just like, <laughs> eh, it just kind of does some mystical stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Like these days people want like an exact answer. And yeah. I mean, it does make sense, especially when you get to the movie level. But if these were just comics at the pharmacy, you know, at that mm-hmm. time, it's just like, yeah, a lot more looser, a lot looser. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, so after Billy takes the test and aces it, uh, the head of the orphanage, Mr. Gates, he plays a role in the plot because he gets kidnapped by Savannah. And he gives a clue to Billy and Jenny that he might be in trouble. It's a weird clue, though. He acts as if they're, uh, they're like, new at the orphanage. He's like, you guys are new here, so you don't know the rules, as he's being, as like, he's being escorted by a driver who's like Savannah and Magnificus in disguise. Uh, but they decide to investigate and follow Gates, Uh, to find that Gates is among several billionaires who have been kidnapped by Dr. Savannah who wants their money. Gates refuses to hand over his money to a criminal like Savannah and wants to dedicate, you know, continue dedicating, uh, you know, his money and resources towards helping orphans. So Savannah promptly has his son, Magnificus, throw Gates over the edge of the building. However, they notice after a while that they have not heard Mr. Gates' land. (laughs) And oh, they look no. over and realize that Captain Marvel has flown up and saved Mr. Gates. He's also disguised himself as a bellman of the hotel to sneak in and rescue the, uh, the other billionaires. So now it's Captain Marvel meeting Savannah for the first time and facing off against Magnificus Savannah. Now, remember, okay. Magnificus has a super strength formula in his veins, pumping through his veins. And somehow Savannah has devised a formula that makes him stronger than uh, than Captain Marvel, making him stronger than the strength of Hercules. So uh, Captain Marvel basically gets his ass whooped as uh, Shazam, the wizard in the Rock of Eternity, is just like, I'm sorry, Billy. Uh, However, (laughs) during this, he is in need of a power. He is in need of the power of Zeus. And so Zeus arrives for him. He gains the power of Zeus. He flies Magnificus up into the air and drops him hard from above breaking basically every boat in Magnificus's body. <laughs> you know, people
0: forget how practical that could be. I mean, yeah. they actually do that in um, First Class when... What's his name? Oh, yeah. Azazel. Just, Azazel's yeah. just, like, teleporting up, dropping mm-hmm. a dude, and then he teleports himself down. <laughs> it's just like, yep, <laughs> that's the most practical fucking way. I don't know how much better... It gets. So, like, yeah, it's yeah, pretty... Yeah. It's funny to see it in this context as well.
1: yeah. Uh, but, of course, you know he doesn't end up killing Magnificus. Yeah. Uh, he just ends up breaking him. But Magnificus is basically out of commission for the rest of the script. Dr. Savannah, okay. however, is bent on revenge and wants to know who this Captain Marvel is. And so he studies the video footage of it and notices Captain Marvel at one point during the fight say, holy moly. He deduces from this, That's not because one that he's...
0: kid on the planet Earth <laughs> that says that.
1: You know, that would have made more sense than what's about to happen. so
0: he that would have made more sense
1: yes so he deduces that captain marvel must be a child because a child it's only a child is holy moly and the child must have been given powers by the wizard shazam who even though he has not been mentioned beforehand in the script was the enemy of savannah beforehand and is the one who threw savannah in jail so savannah makes a lot of leaps He's fucking Sherlock Holmes in this one. He's the world's greatest detective, not Batman in this, where he figures out just from the holy moly <laughs> that oh, man. some kid is Captain Marvel, given the powers from Shazam. So uh, he has beauty a doctor, a, you know, the image of Captain Marvel to make him look younger. And, of course, she is such a brilliant scientist that she's able to show that the face of young Captain Marvel is an exact representation of the face of Billy Batson. So... Oh, man. Uh, they figure out that Billy is Captain Marvel, so they decide how are we going to bait Captain Marvel. Somehow they know that he's really close with Jenny, so they decide <laughs> to kidnap Jenny. Again, this is <laughs> another deep. leap. <laughs> Goldman might have needed another pass on this one. We need another I'm pass like, hey, on this one, you, man. How do you know about this? So Savannah yeah. and his daughter pose as a couple <laughs> to adopt Jenny in order to kidnap her. Uh, and uh, Billy realizes something's wrong when Jenny never calls the orphanage uh, to follow up. So he goes to Savannah's place as Captain Marvel, where uh, Savannah has brought up, you know, Jenny's being kept in a cell, uh, and it's a cell at the end of a tiny tunnel. So Savannah, being his size, is small enough to crawl through the tunnel, but Captain Marvel is too big. So <laughs> you would think at this point Captain Marvel would just crash through, but instead he changes into Billy Batson in order to fit into the tunnel. Which just allows Savannah to knock his ass out. Not quite oh the wisdom God. of Solomon. Just so. knocks
0: out a kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Savannah
1: uses potions uh, on everybody. He uses one that removes Billy's uh, Billy's ability to speak, so he can't say the word Shazam, and he can't. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, a, that's a
0: good scene to have. You know, yeah, you need I mean, that. This is an obvious thing you need <clears> to have as for for Billy. Yeah, I mean, sure
1: yeah in order to have that peril, because then if it's so easy for him to say it, then it it kind of removes the danger, which is why a lot of the cliffhangers mm-hmm. for the uh, the adventures of Captain Marvel serial had it where like you know, danger is happening to Billy, but Billy can't say the word like that mm-hmm. that was kind of a, a it was a cliffhanger for at least a couple of the episodes in that. so uh yeah. here it's. It's he's no longer able to say Shazam and Savannah takes another potion that gives him like these fiery eyes like flames are in his eyes that allow him to render people brain dead. Uh, and <laughs> okay. so he he does this to Jetty, rendering her her basically her mind useless. And he decides he's going to do it on a broader scale by going to the giant stadium and destroying everyone's mind at the baseball game. Why there specifically, I don't know. Maybe he hates the Giants. Maybe he's a fan of their rivals. I mean, but- <laughs> the Shazam
0: 2 has that uh, baseball stadium scene in it. looks like...
1: Yeah, so maybe that's a reference to this. They're just like, we'll find some way to add this in. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, baseball stadium is in peril in this one, as it will be in the uh, Shazam uh, Fury of the Gods movie. So during this time, however... Butia is fed up with her father. Again, her father has never been grateful to her. She'll never be good enough for him. And she's also crushing hard on Captain Marvel, even though she knows <laughs> that's an 11 year old boy. This 11 year old boy oh, is the object of sexual fantasies from these women. In this. At least so...
0: the body is adult, but still, yeah. I mean, this is always, <laughs> this is kind of like the weird issues that pop up with Shazam.
1: Yeah, which is why I'm glad the movie didn't really cover any of Like, he doesn't have any love interest in this. Or, the, or if he did have a love, love interest, it would have been Billy's love interest. It wouldn't have been, you know, the, the superhero's love interest. In this oh, one, sure. like, it would have made sense, too, if Butea only knew Captain Marvel and didn't know he was a boy. But here, like, she very much knows that he's a boy. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but she still loves him. So she has another potion she's devised that she makes Billy drink that gives him the ability to speak again. And uh, she's in love with him, of course, and says that they will be together forever. Uh, they kind of, Goldman's kind of hearkening back to when Miss Tessmacher uh, in Superman the movie saved Christopher Reeve from the pool with the kryptonite and took off the kryptonite right. necklace. Like it feels like that right. type of beat here. So uh, he owes it to Butia to save him. And so he says the word, changes it into Captain Marvel, and challenges Savannah to a duel of wits. Uh, not a big fist fight, but a duel of wits. So if he could figure out the antidote to bring Jenny's mind back, along with the people at the Giants game, then Savannah will basically surrender and allow himself to go back to prison. If Savannah wins the game of wits, though, and Captain Marvel's not able to come up with the antidote, then he will retire forever from being Captain Marvel. So that's the wager. Savannah agrees, and they face off, and it is in this moment that the wisdom of Solomon finally comes to Captain Marvel. Uh, And it seems to be some form of telepathy in this version where he's able to seemingly read Savannah's mind and figure out all the random shit that he threw into this antidote. It's like witches type shit, like, you know, the eye of newt and, you know, frog legs, like that type of stuff in there. And so he wins and saves Jenny using the antidote to restore her and everyone at the Giants game by. okay, so this is a weird moment. This is, again, one of those. It's like a cellophane S from Superman 2. He grabs his lightning bolt insignia and generates a lightning bolt from the insignia and then dips it into the antidote, throws it in the sky above the Giants game, and it creates a mist that covers the whole stadium and brings people back to life.
0: Man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I actually don't hate it, but it just just seems like... It's weird. It's uh, everything's good all at once, like really quickly. It's a pretty quick yeah. conclusion to that.
1: Yeah, and also it seems like that's a weird way to do it as opposed to, like, the guy can literally just summon thunder and lightning from saying Shazam. So, right. like, you could have just thrown the antidote up and then said Shazam, and then lightning strikes it and creates, you know, some sort of rain to rain it down. Like, I don't know. There's other ways to do this, I think. But like you said, it, it, even even if we don't do that, even if we do the variation I propose, it's still a thing of, like, everything's great now. Everything yeah, is kind yeah, of just yeah. a lack of, like major, major stakes uh, throughout this, because we we're basically at the end of the third act at this point. I do like um, the creative use
0: the... of powers, though. It's kind of it's pretty that's cool. creative, yeah, that's what he true. did. You, I guess you wouldn't expect that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was something kind of cool about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, in another scene similar to Superman the movie, uh, Captain Marvel personally flies Savannah to prison and talks to the warden, and it's at this point that Savannah finally calls him the Big Red Cheese in a uh which is basically a derogatory thing he calls him in the comics which was not in the movie but uh he does curse at captain marvel as he takes off so uh savannah is back in prison and uh, presumably not going to be eating any cockroaches anytime soon and uh, in the meantime his daughter butia gets a job as a teacher at the orphanage probably so she could be close to billy (laughs) and uh Billy uh, visits the wizard who knows he can now leave Billy who's accepted the job. He's gotten the full power set of everybody and Billy doesn't want him to go but the wizard tells him to let go as the thread holding up the giant rock that we see here ends up snapping and crushes the wizard. Captain Marvel then accepts his fate and flies off fantasizing about both Jenny and Butia before saying holy moly and leaves the ladies behind in his fantasy in order for him to take off and Save the world. The end.
0: He goes to that th- adult theater again to see some movies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, yeah, that is the William Goldman Shazam script. What do you think?
0: Not his best work. Uh, but I, I agree. He, he <laughs> I need definitely another, agree. <laughs> he needed another pass, I think. This is probably a yeah. first draft, and they were like, you know what, we're, we're not going to make this movie after all, and then they moved on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think also on a more like granular note, that scene in the beginning where you don't know if Savannah's dead or not. I just, you don't need that. Just have them already a fucking live. Yeah, I know. Have them alive. They want to <laughs> intro. They want to give, um, it seems like that's only there to give Butea and Magnificus some agency in the first act, but mm-hmm. I uh, don't think that's really totally necessary. Um, the rest of it is like, uh, it's, pretty much fine. Some of that weird sexual stuff is <laughs> debatable, but what'd you think?
1: I agree. Like, I'm glad it's weird too, because it's like, it's William Goldman, one of the greatest screenwriters of all time working on Shazam. And the movie we got was not written by William Goldman. It was by Henry Gaden. However, the Gaden script I felt is significantly better than this one. It's just, there's more of, there's more of an arc. There's more of an emotional core uh Savannah's more he might Savannah's less traditional in the movie but is seems more fleshed out you know there's shades of gray to him in the movie that's not in the script uh billy is yeah. more complicated in the movie than he is in the script there's a lot right. more action in the movie than in the script that most action we got is him juggling a bunch of kids oh and yeah there wasn't
0: much action no. i mean just yeah the, and then the he throw the lightning bolt at the end he,
1: Oh yeah, and then he 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 fights Magnificus, but then like after Magnificus, that's the last action sequence. Like the third act does not have an action sequence. It's like he gets captured, he you know gets freed, then he figures out Savannah's antidote, and that's it. That's pretty much what it is. So yeah, I could have used another pass. So unless there's another later script that did not make it out on the internet that has other stuff, I. I don't really agree with the assessment that it is the greatest uh, script for Captain Marvel because I'm like, "Eh, the movie we got was better. I think so
0: too, yeah.
1: Yeah. They made Uh, pretty
0: much all the right decisions for the most part.
1: I agree. You know, like most of the characters, I think all the characters in in the movie are pretty much comic book characters. You know, Jenny is like a secondary protagonist in this script, and yet she's not a comic book character. Um, Right, right, right. So uh, there's a lot more action in the movie. Uh, it fits the arc. Uh, there's just there's just a lot more going on in the movie compared to this, where it just feels very light. There's just not really a lot going on, which made it easy to recap here. <laughs> but uh, it's it's not. Uh, again, I just I felt I was expecting something a lot more epic from from Goldman. And again, it could just be this was his first pass that he wrote in like yeah. a day which is yeah. still better than what most of us can write in, like, a year. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it, he could have, like, there might be, like, a third or fifth draft out there that is, like, what uslin was talking about. So I, I, I'm i not going to shut the door on the possibility that there's a better version written by Goldman out there. But I don't think it's the one that I read.
0: Yeah, I was kind of hoping for, for more, too, from this. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, first pass, probably. Yeah. It's fine.
1: Yeah, but it totally is cool, fine. though, because... There are times where you know we've gone over stuff where we're just like, man, they should have made this movie. And then there are other times where we're just like, eh, what we got was better. And this is one of those instances where yeah. I'm like, you know what? It's it's a good thing. It's a good thing that that when we go through this, we're just like, eh, I don't really miss it. It just shows that they they made the right choices.
0: Him being 11 just changes everything, doesn't it? Like being 13, 14, 15, whatever he is in the in the uh, last movie, mm-hmm. like. It's just it seems to make more sense, I think, overall.
1: Yeah, yeah, because otherwise it's just like there's certain things that seem almost like you you can't go with because it's not quite at the right age for him to go through that. But it's you know it was definitely relatable in the in the movie we got with with him being like you know a little selfish based off of his um, based off his background. And here yeah. like Billy doesn't really like what's Billy's flaw in this that he just doesn't really believe in himself that much. Okay. Yeah, no, no like, real arc
0: in this, huh? Yeah, you're right. Not
1: really. He just kind of accepts being Captain Marvel. It's like it's a standard. His arc is kind of just like, well, he's fully a superhero at the end. I'm like, okay, but there's not really much of an emotional journey compared to you know the movie we got, where it's got that heartbreaking scene where he meets his mom for the first time. He's searching everywhere for her, and she doesn't even know the significance of the compass that he's been holding on for years, hoping for this reunion. And stuff and he realizes he has to let go of the family that he wanted in order to accept the family that he has and save them. His like, arc was, in so much this more was
0: His arc <laughs> in this was having gone from having seen no boobs to having seen <laughs> boobs. <laughs> Fantastic arc. <laughs> Fantastic. A plus. Cinema score. A plus. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, that is the, uh, the Captain Marvel script. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we haven't seen it yet, but hopefully we will like the second Shazam movie better than, uh, than this script. But uh, until then, that is superhero stuff. You should know. Big thanks to Dan for pulling up a lot of the panels from these old school comics. Uh, these are much older comics that, you know, I, I have not read. Some of them uh, have not been reprinted. Uh, some for good reason from what I've seen <laughs> based they weren't off of some the best. of the uh, They were trying you know, real hard back then. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to the fan comments. Uh, I added one more from usual since last time uh, it didn't load. One of them didn't load, so I added it to this one. So we'll go over four. Uh, but uh, starting with uh, we, you had a call out uh, during our Superman three. Uh, deep dive into the unmade treatment about Brainiac. Like, what is it about Brainiac? Pitch Brainiac.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Jack Guadera has a pitch for Brainiac, so let's hear this guy out. Okay. If I were to tweak Brainiac, I'd make him more of a pitiful villain. His makers gave him a Sisyphean task, document all knowledge in the universe, but countless amounts of information are lost every second due to simple things like entropy or user error. So it's a hopeless task. He's failed before he's even started. And this realization Mm. drives him insane. The only, quote-unquote, logical solution, Brainiac decides, is to reduce the amount of life in the universe to a manageable size. In that regard, he's like the character Light from the Doctor Who serial Ghost Light. Uh, Good call there. Uh, He seeks out civilizations reaching the end of their prime and downloads all their knowledge to preserve it. Then he abducts a single city to keep a sample trapping its residents in his ship like an insect in a jar before destroying the planet and moving on. In his mind, it's a form of mercy. The dying world is preserved in its best moment and spared the fall from grace uh, into needless suffering and chaos. I'm liking this so far. Mm -hmm. This way, when he comes up against Superman, they can have an ideological conflict. Yes, this is a big one, as well as a physical one. Brainiac sees Earth as a declining world with all the war, pollution, and oppression and decides we're not worth it. The human race is on its way out, so there's no point in trying to save it. Much like there was probably no point in him trying to save Krypton, I imagine. But Superman refuses to go along with it. Just because Brainiac thinks nothing will improve doesn't mean it's true. Even if it is truly hopeless, Superman will still fight to make a better world. And that's why Superman wins in the end. He's motivated by hope, love, and belief, while Brainiac only acts out of fear. The fear of failure, the fear of change, the fear that what he's doing is pointless. Of course, Superman has those fears, too. Everyone does. But unlike Brainiac, Superman doesn't allow them to rule his life. That's why it's called the never-ending battle. Evil and suffering can never truly be eliminated, but we could still have to try. Brainiac, meanwhile, always ends up alone. Even with all his bottled cities and his ship teeming with life, he's isolated, always on the other side of the glass. Bravo.
0: That's a really good pitch, man. This is a green light. (laughs) All right, we're convinced on Brainiac. I this actually, I've movie. never, yeah. Have you, you got a job at DC, man? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's better than the sub-kind treatment version. Um, I know that's Dude, much. Wh- what
0: you need to do now is write this out and get, like, your artist buddy and, like, actually make a webcomic out of this. Obviously not for profit because it's DC characters, but... Like, if you, you know, get this out there, this would be kind of good to see online, uh, at Mm -hmm. least. And you could, I mean, if you want to work in comics, like, and again, we don't work (laughs) in comics either, uh, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. But, um, you know, shit, man, this is good. This is a good one.
1: This is great. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like this. Yeah, it was the ideological conflict. Once we got to that, I'm like, oh, I'm sold. It's it's all about hope, which is... it's exactly where you should put it. And like the, the background of of why Brainiac where is, where he is and and the ideological conflict like that's, it's so well done in this.
0: And he gives earth another tomorrow.
1: Indeed. (laughs) I
0: guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, his uh, being tasked with um, what was it? Preserving all life. Or no recording. Yeah, it.
1: documenting all knowledge in the universe and deciding to take a you know shortcut by reducing the amount of life in order to make it more manageable.
0: That's insane, man. Yeah, I mean that I never would have thought of that turn, but yeah, that's good. That's good.
1: That's great. Yeah, bravo, Jack. Bravo.
0: Yes. Bravo. Thank you.
1: Uh, So Braxton wages has a, uh, has a comment, not necessarily a pitch on Brainiac, but like why he likes Brainiac. So he says, I think the reason people want Brainiac is because people think Superman doesn't have that good of a rogues gallery, which I completely disagree with. And honestly, the thing for me is the look of him, the green and the three intersecting circles on his head. And the fact he is an alien menace as far as comic stories go. Not much. <laughs> I like the interpretation of Brainiac in the Alex Ross mini maxi-series, Justice. He was like a sadistic doctor in that story. Yeah, I remember the panel where it looks like he's about to vivisect uh, Aquaman uh, at one point with a scalpel. And he's people in like, bring a white lab coat.
0: People bring up some Jeff Johns run as well. I've I've actually read it, but I forget. Is it just called Brainiac? Superman Brainiac?
1: I think it is. It's the one that got adapted into Superman Unbound. Right? Yeah, that one? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read yeah, that. I've, was, I haven't read that It was that okay. One. It's okay.
0: I mean, I don't know. I I like what the last comment said more than the
1: (laughs) Jeff Johns one, I feel like. I think so, too. Uh, Props to Jack. Uh, Jeremy Harris, uh, one of the big Superman fans who are our fans, uh, brought up this. This this is something that I'm bringing up that uh, I haven't quite confirmed yet. Jeremy says, don't forget the sound kinds on Superman 3. Tried to replace Christopher Reeve before Lester protested, begging Reeve to come back. That's how bad things were on Superman 3. Oh,
0: my God. What a fucking travesty that third one was. <laughs> All around,
1: it would, dude. It does look like we have some, a lot of our fans. Our fans of Superman 3, which I did not know. Uh, Maybe not the fans. Comments. They just know <laughs>
0: trivia about it.
1: Uh, not. Well, I mean, they have said that they like it. Well, we can talk more about them in the, the Patreon because some of them are Patreon patrons. Oh, Okay. Uh, okay. But okay. Uh, I did look into this, Jeremy. There, is, I don't know how true this is. There's is something that said that Tony Danza almost replaced Christopher Reeve on Superman three.
0: What if it was the Who loves you, baby, guy?
1: <laughs> I I I don't know how true it is. We would have to see if Danza ever uh, has ever said anything in an interview about that. But I mean. Again, Reeve is the highlight for that movie. Yeah, I can't I can't knock his performance. It's a great performance uh, from Reeve in it. So it is at least the highlight. That's that's the nicest thing I can say about it. Yeah. Uh, But uh, thank you, Jeremy, for that. And then last one is from Shadow of Boston, who commented on one of our Patreon uh, episode things, saying, "I wish I was there talking with you guys." LOL. (laughs) Well, Shadow, you could be part of the ten dollar Patreon, where you can join us every month for an episode. (laughs) With everybody, <laughs> so, which I think would probably be coming up around the time of this recording. I mean, around the time of the release of this would probably be the week of this release. We'll, we'll talk it over. We'll figure it out mm-hmm. uh, on when that's going to be. But uh, that's always an option, Shadow, but uh, or anyone else who wants to be uh, a part of an episode and discussing stuff with us. So uh, got to put that plug in. There's a oh, yeah.
0: meme of showing like what it's like listening to a podcast and it's somebody sitting by themselves <laughs> oh, yeah. and like the wall behind them is like a whole picture of other people laughing. But <laughs> it's a picture within a picture. Yeah. So you're, but yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, yeah join us, my bro. Yep. I mean, probably right. a bro if you're judging by our Google analytics, <laughs> YouTube <laughs> analytics. Yeah. <laughs> <It's true.
1: laughs> All right, over to the shout-outs.
0: Oh, man, we're back again, everybody. So thanks, everybody, up on he- up here on this board. And we want to thank uh, some of our more recent people, such as Decade, VV, Bobby M., and Damon, or Diamond. And, of course, our other supporters as well. And, uh, you know, we're just going to say the word, or a couple words, <laughs> and do us a, a favor. Uh, well, we told you about our friends. And so now we would like you to do us a favor.
1: We want you to tell all your friends about us.